Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, and back from his trip to Stillwater, Oklahoma, Gordon Mack, how was it out there? It was an adventure, to say. It was a very short trip. I was probably gone for 25 hours total, um, in and out. Uh, and uh, it was – there's a lot of things that went wrong, but I was able to survive, and I got through it. And I was able to cover the meet. So it's kind of funny. Like on the surface, everyone thinks, oh, he went there, got the interviews, filmed the race, done. It's That was all that happened. But it was a lot more complicated of a day than people may think it was. Do you want to go into that or do you just want to stick to the race stuff? <laughs> no, no. I, I think – so – so this isn't the first ever like COVID race I've covered, I guess, right? So – I got permission to come to the meet like a week out. And that's why I was like, I wasn't sure if I was going. I bought the ticket. And then the day right. of my flight, my flight was at 4.30 p.m. on Friday. I get a text or I get an email saying that like due to COVID restrictions, I have to stay on the path and I can't be on the course. And I was like, mm -hmm. can't be on the course. It's a giant field. Like, how am I going to yeah. – like, I was like, how am I going to film it? Like, how can I get on the, the car if I can't be on the course? So I quickly text back and be like, hey, can I be – I thought I could be on the cart. And they're like, uh, do you have a COVID test? And I'm like, well, I took one in July. And like, <laughs> well, only people on the cart need to have a negative COVID test within 24 hours of the competition. I'm like, what? There's a freaking COVID cart rule? So I'm like freaking out. So like, again, it's, it's like 11 a.m. right now on a Friday. Flight is at mm -hmm. 4.30. I asked, like, can I get one when I land? And they're like, no, they're all gone for today. I'm like, all right. Uh, so I start Googling rapid – I start Googling COVID tests, and I see, like, mm -hmm. places that's, like, a 100-minute wait. I'm like, this isn't good. And then I try to Google rapid COVID tests, and I find this one company or, like, this one place, and I'm searching. They have a bunch of places in Austin – 
and all of them are booked except for one place in Cedar Falls, Texas, for twelve forty. I'm like, all right, got it. <laughs> Boom. They take insurance, so we're good. I book. I book a twelve forty appointment. I look on my phone. I see how far place away it is. It says it's fifteen minutes. I'm like, great. I got to eat lunch, so I make my chicken tacos because I don't want the chicken to go bad because I bought it early in the week and I got to finish the chicken because look at you, Mr. Responsible. I like it. Yeah. You know, so I have to, so I start cooking the chicken tacos because like I have time. It's only 15 minutes away. Finish chicken tacos. I eat it. I put the place in my phone because I looked it up how far away it is on your laptop. But when you look it up on your phone, it was 30 minutes away. And I was like, Mm. shit, I'm going to be late. So I'm like, all right, I got to go. So I'm I'm leaving at 1230 for a 1240 appointment. I'm screwed. I'm driving. I have zero gas. Like my car is on empty. Like it's like below the letter E. It's like it's on G, right? It's like past yeah, yeah, F, yeah. G. It's like it's bad. And I have to drive 30 minutes away. So I'm freaking out about that. I called the place, tell them, hey, I'm going to be late. They're like, all right, it's fine. I'm all right. So I get there at 1, 20 minutes late. I rush in. And I'm like, hey, I, I gave you guys a call. I gave you a heads up. I'm the 1240 appointment. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to reschedule you because we're all going to lunch right now. So we're going to have to reschedule you for another day. Oh. And I'm like, another day? No, you don't say I have a flight. She's like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, we'll look at this if there's any availability in other places. So she starts doing the whole airport person typing for 20 minutes. She's like, sorry, there's... Everything's booked up. Friday's a really popular day to get COVID tests. I'm like, why is Friday a popular day to get COVID tests? I'm like, so I'm like freaking hard. out because I'm like, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm not sick. I just need to prove that I'm not sick so I can do my job. And they're like, okay, we'll see if we can fit you in at two o'clock. I'm like, all right. And then she walks back and I see her walk back, talk to the person. It's like, can you do them at two? And he's like, I'll just do it right now. It takes probably... 70 seconds 45 seconds to do i was like yeah you could do me it wasn't they didn't even have to rebook mm-hmm. me for monday it was stupid anyway i get right. the test hold on, hold on let me stop for a second let me predict what's gonna happen next the person behind the curtain is mike smith no oh all right and it was all it wasn't no, all no, a prank no. dang it okay no it wasn't all a prank i get the test dang it. all right uh I'm, I'm negative i'm like sweet i'm good i get on the plane I get the gas. Everything's great. I land in Tulsa, pitch black. I drive 90 miles per hour in a pickup truck because you can in Texas. I mean, in, in Oklahoma. I'm starving. I eat KFC for dinner like a sad individual. I get to the hotel late. Mike Smith is there. I'm staying at the same hotel as any of you. Hang out with Mike. In the, yeah, I hang out with Mike in the okay. lobby. We like hang out have a good chat till you know late night chat and then go to bed wake up go to the course course is nice man have your it is mm-hmm. not yeah, I've been what there. the new one no not not the new one but i mean it's the same yeah, the spot new one right is like, they just took out the same they spot it's, it. yeah it's just no wood chips it's just all grass it's super like pristine it's like mm-hmm. yeah like it reminds me of like it's a combination. It's like it, it's like the Nutty Comb course. It's kind of it's like super well kept. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of great rolling, like a lot of interesting hills. So 
So I thought it was a really nice course. Anyway, get there to course on the cart, film the races, which is hard to do because I'm trying to hold a hand. I have a handicap. So this is also annoying. Oklahoma State had another person with like a whole like rig and like a stabilizing <laughs> camera, like fancy camera. And I just had this like yinky dinky handheld from 2014, probably from earlier. I think it was Alex Lore's old camera that I still have. And I'm like holding on to it, trying to keep it steady. I'm freaking out that it's going to be shaky. I don't think it was that shaky. I think I did a good job filming it. It wasn't that shaky. I filmed. Yeah, it was good. I it was do good. the interviews. And here's the thing about doing interviews with athletes. Why is it that there's all the one person you want to interview is the one who takes the longest to cool down? Like <laughs> I want to do an interview with the beat with Whitney Orton and Taylor Rowe, who went one two. Their mm-hmm. entire team mates, who all ran the same distance as them, they all were already packed up, sweats yeah. on, done cool down, ready to go. And those are the two people of all the people in the world who still are cooling down. And it's like, how does this happen? Why That's do a the, pro move though? That's a pro move by them. It's like it's like how LeBron's like the last person to get dressed out of the yeah. locker room because he knows everybody's waiting on them. I, I like that move. I didn't expect it from those two at this point in their career, but if that's what they're going for, I like it. But like I if you have a thing. like literally, they had like ten plus women run on each team, and all nine of the mm-hmm. others were all done, and it was the one of this yeah. is like all right. Anyway, get the interviews. Uh, a lot of them are kind of windy, but you can get through it. The yeah, it's yeah. hard to interview people in the wind so now here's the thing so i'm like all right i gotta get this stuff up it's like i'm two and i'm an hour and a half away from tulsa to get back home my flight's at two o'clock it's like noon right now i'm like all right i gotta go but i also mm-hmm. have these videos and i had to get them uploaded so i quickly run to the car and i start editing the race footage so i can put like a clock on it and then i'm like all right i'll export it while i drive so i edit it start the export start driving computer dies because of battery power i'm like shit so now I don't. My computer's dead. Start driving. I got up to 100 miles per hour, man, on the pickup truck. It was wild. It was also windy. There was a point where the car almost fell over because I was going too fast. So I slowed down a bit. Jeez. Here's the thing: you gotta get a gas station. Here's the thing about Tulsa: they have like 50 gas stations in Tulsa, which is a lot, right? They're all over the place, but all of them are fake gas stations. Have mm. you ever gone to a fake gas station? No. What is have that? Have you ever been to a fake? So you go there and you're like, all right, I'm at a gas station. And then it says you have to prepay inside. And like the pump looks really sketchy. It looks like it was made in the 1940s. It's like really weird. And I'm like, this doesn't seem real. Like all of like the signage is like broken. It was really oh, okay. sketchy. And I didn't want to do it. So I had to go to I had to go to the third gas station I found, get the gas, get on the plane. I upload the stuff because it has really good internet at the Tulsa Airport. Thank you. Upload the stuff. Get on the plane by two minutes, home by six, eat pasta, go to bed. That was my 25 hours. Wow. Well, what did you, when you were there, I know you asked people this, but what did you feel? Did you, did it feel like a regular cross country meet? Yeah, 100%. Uh, You, it, there wasn't, it just felt like everyone was just wearing a mask, but it felt yeah. it was kind of like there was a lot of performative theater, right? Like they made sure the athletes weren't standing next to each other on the starting line. It's like, all right, this is great. <laughs> and then two seconds later, they're all going to run well, near each like other. There's only like ten teams. There's only like ten yeah. teams, right? So it, they could space them out pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the meet. It was beautiful weather, so that was nice. Uh, but the meet was very 
typical cross country meet. There are fans there. There's family and friends. Um, and Oklahoma State men, man, they kind of showed up and put together a good race. You could tell that they were fired up for this. They're like, this is our chance to really put ourselves back on the map. They have an opportunity to mm-hmm. go up against NAU and BYU, you know, and they went for it. I was impressed with what Oklahoma State did. What were your thoughts on the race? So the affi- yeah, the official scores, NAU 36 for the men, Oak State 42, and then BYU 59. But then you rescored it, adding in yeah. Shumway. And if you had Shumway allocated. and you had in Colorado, yeah. Yeah. It becomes What's 43, the total 43 NAU, 50 BYU, 51 Oklahoma State. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah, I think the I think the revelation, if there was one, was just that you know Oklahoma State's definitely much improved from last year. I had all these big conclusions about this meet, and I was prepared to come to this podcast and and lay them out for you. But then I realized it is October nineteenth, and the NCAA cross country championships are going to be in the middle of March. So how many months is that away? That's over five and a half months. So that would be like looking at the NCAA outdoor championships and saying, hmm, cross country right around the corner. It does feel like it's a little too soon. And the results in January and February, even if they're on indoor tracks, are going to be a lot more helpful to figuring out what's going on. So I mean, big picture, obviously, for BYU, Klinger's back, right? He's not going to get in worse shape between now and – March. He's only going to get in better shape because he had the the two year mission, and he's he's competing again. And that was his first cross country race in three years, correct? Yeah. So, so so that's that's good signs for. I, mean, I think it was good signs for all three of those big teams. For NAU, it appears that Grijalva hasn't slowed down at all, and they still were able to win, start a new win streak, even though they didn't have Nico Young. And then Oklahoma State just getting that getting that pack in there. They looked pretty. They looked pretty good. There was a drop off between four and five, which was. They, they could have won this thing probably if they had a uh, smaller split from four to five. But I, I think all three of those teams um, have something that they can take away from this that's most positive. One thing, BYU, they obviously have a good one-two punch. Shumway shows that like when he's where he'll be a uh, All-American guy based mm-hmm. on his performance here. BYU, though, Garnica didn't run well. Matt Owens didn't run well. Aiden Troutner, who's like their new guy, didn't come in, didn't run that well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it could have been fitness. Maybe they're coming off an injury. Again, we're five months away, so you yeah. cannot run well five months out from running, running well. But they didn't – their guys, Garnica and Owens, who we thought would be part of their core five, were they finishing like the 40s or 50s. So that wasn't a good sign for them. On NAU side uh, – they didn't run Blaze, Pharaoh, Theo Quax, or Nico Young. I was most surprised by two freshmen on NAU's side. Corey Gorgas, who's a redshirt freshman, was, I think, their number mm-hmm. three man. And then their number seven guy was a true freshman, Santiago something. He's from Alaska. He's like a Alaska Prosser. dude who is Prosser, yeah. Uh, but Corey Gorgas, who was their number three man, he finished like 13th or 14th or something like that range. But his last 2K was like the fifth fastest in the field, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. So like he closed really well. And it just shows that like NAU, 
has so much talent. I mean, when they just add an, they add two more freshmen, right? They also have Nico Young. Like they're just gonna like. I was doing the math based on like their eligibility. We forget that they ran four freshmen in their championship team last year, right? For uh, one, two freshmen, three redshirt freshmen. Yeah. But like, that's not normal to have like four freshmen on a squad. Typically you have one or two on like a top tier Mm -hmm. team, which means that there's four slots most likely taken up for the next now four years because everyone gets an extra year. Right. Mm -hmm. That's there's only seven teams. That means there's only three extra slots now to go. You still have your older guys like Grijalva, Ryan Raff in the mix, Blaze Farrow. And then we're now going to also introduce newer guys like Nico Young. You look at like this year's recruiting class. I was thinking mm-hmm. about it. NAU's top recruit this year might not be good enough to make top seven until his senior year, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're joining NAU now, it is going to be hard to be in their top seven because they have like 12 plus guys who will be around for a long time who are top seven worthy. I just thought it was interesting. Like NAU is pretty much. But if you're you going to like NAU, you're pretty good. So you have, yeah. the, I think if you're going to NAU, you have, you have the ability. Cause I don't think anybody would have been like Santiago Prosser. That guy's top seven, but just by the fact that you're going, I think that's true. Leads some, some, uh, yeah argument that you could make this make the top seven you know yeah i guess like you know like byu i mean i guess they they replaced after they lost their big three but a lot of times a lot of teams have like their four seniors or like their three seniors and like all right now we're trying to work our way back yeah nau just has so much depth it's like insane anyway and then oklahoma state they ran well uh isai rodriguez was in it he was like pushing Mm -hmm. the pace uh late in the race but they kind of fell off, so maybe his fitness isn't up to par with the with the uh, Mances and Gorhalvas of this world. But Isai mm-hmm. should be a good low stick for him. It'll be cool if he can win uh, NCAA title. His uh, his senior. So because Oklahoma State will host twenty twenty two, and everyone's given an extra year of eligibility. Isai is a junior this year, right? So he'll get to be a junior next year, which means he'll be a, he'll be able to be a senior in 2022 on his home course. So we could see so a Morgan McDonald esque as like win twice. on your home course type thing. We could do it twice. We could do it twice. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's yeah, gonna he's win in March, but I, he looked. You know. I mean, yeah, he looked like he needs more racing, more training, more time. But but he was yeah. up there. This is so far away from from competition. I share your feelings about NAU and just being impressed by the depth that they have and the possible combinations. You know, you you think, oh, well, Bosley should have been higher up there or Nur should have been higher up there. But then you're also like, wait, Corey Gorgas is 13th in the race? That's He's ahead of Oklahoma State's fifth guy and he's ahead of BYU's fourth guy, even if you throw Shumway in there? That's a good... That's a good option to have that this guy's already cracking the top five of some of these other really good teams. Not much to, to worry about there. With BYU, I think you may disagree with me here, but I think I would have rather come out of this weekend knowing that I had a completely solid top two that can finish in the top 10 than if I came out of this region or th- this weekend with a good top five, like a balanced top five but questions about 
Klinger and Shumway. So I think it's I think that like the fact that, that Klinger answered that question and Shumway is back from injury because this is going to be one at the top. I think this is going to be one in those though. You know, can the the, the difference between Klinger getting tenth and the difference between Klinger getting fortieth is huge towards this team score. They're BYU. They'll figure out four and five, but they have three real special guys. And the Nico Young factor. He, based on Who is that? conversations, based on conversations, we should expect Nico most likely will be the number two runner on NAU. That's how good he is, apparently. So if, like, BYU has the, the Klinger, uh, Mance one-two punch, yeah. we should expect NAU to be a Grijalva young one-two punch to kind of comp- to counteract BYU's top two. Uh, so, yeah. based on what I've heard, that Nico probably would would have finished in the top five in that race. Yeah. Well, I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna need somebody up there. You know, they they won't they won't be able to just have Grijalva up there. And I think you, you brought up a good point with Grijalva when you're doing that interview uh, in the middle of a wind tunnel about this is the first cross country course or cross country race he's won. Because his teammates have always been so good. It, I mean, he, remember on the track, was it the, that Stanford B race? Or maybe it was an A race. He had that big kick at Stanford Invite. Like, I remember him winning that. Yeah. And then, of course, um, BU, right? He won that race BU indoors this past year. But other than that, yeah. he hasn't had his moment. And I think just as we were waiting on the seniors to perform for NAU last year to see if they could do it when the pressure was on. I think that, or the senior, I guess, in the case of, of Beamish, I think that's going to be the case with Grijalva. He's going to have to do it when it counts. You can't you can't count on the young guys. Like, you can't count on Nico Young being a top 10 guy at NCAAs as a true freshman. You just can't. You yeah. can't. He may be able to do it, and that's a bonus, but you need your, your experienced guy to show up. So he's still got to, he's still got to do it, uh, when it when it counts. I would still take man. I mean, I still would favor Mance and Horatius because we've seen Mance do it time and time again in the championship setting right now. Let me tell you, Corhalva looked like he was just like running, a, sleeping while sleeping. He was just waiting. All right, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna chill here, and then I'll make the pass of 25 meters to go. He looked so comfortable looked- the entire time. And I know Mance likes to always looks like he's uncomfortable, right? That's like his yeah. body language. He always looks like he's falling yeah. over. Um, so, you know, that can be a little bit deceiving. But I think Grijalva, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be right now maybe willing to put Grijalva as the favorite. I mean, the only other person out there that I think can challenge Mance right now is Grijalva. And then I think the Iowa State kid and maybe a Moyne Kemboy from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think outside of that, those are, that's like the big four. I can't really think of another person. Because Isai Rodriguez is kind of off a bit right now, right? But yeah. I really can't. I mean, who do I have ranked individually? In my you got to update these, these COVID era rankings too, Gordon. Oh, I will. He's going. <laughs> yeah, so Don't my preseason ranking, Kevin. My preseason rankings was one Mance, two Amoyne Kemboy, three Rodriguez, four Grijalva. And then I had five Cooper Tier, and then six Wesley Kiptu. So Kiptu 
clearly is better than sixth, we think. Cooper Tier, I guess, is still in the mix. But, I mean, Gralva should we, finish. I think Gralva could win. I, th- I think he, he could win. I think he could win. All, all I'm saying is we need to respect what Mance has done, not just in cross, but indoor and out. The guy's piled up so many solid, consistent performances when the pressure has been has been on. And this is five months out, so I'm not going to put too much weight in who had the best kick five months before the the championship season. And yeah. my point about BYU, my, my point about BYU is just like you want to see how many legit top 10 guys you have. And there was reasonable questions about how good Klinger was going to be when he came back, and he answered that emphatically. So you're like, okay, don't need to worry about Klinger. Don't need to worry about Mance. Shumway, you're right, looks solid for a top 30, maybe top 25 guy. And now you have all this depth and you have all this time and all you have to do is figure out your four and five. They're in a good spot. NAU's in a good spot though too. And, and so is Oklahoma State. So I don't I don't leave this weekend with any huge um, conclusions other than that. I know Lincoln's going to leave this weekend thinking that Oklahoma State is now a title favorite because he just puts on the orange and black every weekend um, to, to cheer for his squad. But I'm not going to get too carried away with it because it is five months away. I do want to say, I mean, we're talking about NAU and BYU. The other meet that happened, I mean, Arkansas ran really well. I mean, again, they didn't run against good competition. But they had a – they scored 29 points versus Ole Miss's 50. They ran at the Blazer Classic. So, Amon Kemboy won. He ran 23-25. Oh. And then they went 1-4 – Seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a thirteen-second spread among the top five. They had a a fifteen-second spread among their top six. I think Arkansas, like Amoy Kemboy, is going to be up there with Grijalva and By and Mance. So Arkansas's number one is yeah. all canceled out with. NAU and BYU. Arkansas's number two, Emmanuel Chebosin, is good. He's a 1340 guy. He he got fourth in this race by like he got fourth, but he only lost by like a half a second to the first. So they have Arkansas has a one-two punch to go with Gorhalva and Young and versus Klinger and Mance. And then Arkansas, they have Luke Mead, who's a transfer from Furman, Andrew Cabet, who's this Juco guy, Gilbert Boyt, who's another Juco guy, I think, and then Matt Young, and then Jacob McLeod, Belmont guy. Yeah. Arkansas might crash a party. They're okay. they're showing that they have it. I mean, they have six guys. So mm-hmm. I'm look. You sold me on them. You've been talking about them for a while now. So you've definitely sold me on them. And it feels a little bit like the women's team race from last year when you had Stanford, Arkansas, and BYU who were all going runner for runner. And I like that. That was that was it, that was cooler than just having two teams because now you have an, another uh wild card thrown in the mix there um with with Arkansas. So I'm excited to I'm excited to see it. What did you think uh you said the course was hard. It looked hilly just from the way you were doing your yeah. excellent filming on the cart and you could hear the guy in the the video saying uphill coming, downhill coming and he was saying it an, an awful lot. It looked a lot hillier than Wisconsin and a lot hillier than than Terre Haute. 
Yeah, I was talking to some of the athletes or maybe the coach who was talking to the athletes and they were saying how like there's a lot of like deceiving parts of the course where mm -hmm. there's parts that feel too easy and then all of a sudden it feels too hard and like it's not like a consistent like feeling of like how this course is going to play out for you. So like you could go in and be like after a mile like, man, this is hard, right? But then at like mm -hmm. three mile, you're or you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then at four, mile four, you're like, oh man, this is really hard again, you know, and mm -hmm. kind of messes with you mentally. So I think there is going to be an advantage to teams that have run on this course. So Iowa State, Oklahoma State, obviously BYU, NAU, um, and AU, mm and -hmm. Colorado unattached, uh, because if they're <laughs> if they don't have a if they don't have a another meet hosted here in the winter. Yeah, knowing what it's like to run this course, I think it's going to be an advantage for these teams. Um, so Arkansas, you kind of wish Arkansas would have showed up to this meet because that if they're in it to win it, they should uh, want to be prepared for it. But Arkansas, they might have run on this course. Did they run on it last year? I guess no, only the Midwest schools have run on this course because the course opened up with the Midwest Regional last year. So right, right. There's been only three meets at this course, so. Are they going to try to do one in January, February? Did you talk to Dave Smith? He said he didn't know, but there's a chance maybe not, right? You don't know, right? Yeah. I don't know. I did do a lot yeah, of talking with – yeah. What were you say? No, I was just going to say the – I was trying to get a feel for what's January and February going to look like in cross country. Um, and I know the West Coast Conference is going to have – their championship on February twentieth, and Pac twelve is begin you know planning to have one in the the beginning of March. But I don't know what else is on the schedule in terms of meets other than here's our conference championship, and then the rest of the time is just going to be indoors. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's gonna how it's gonna work out when it comes time to actually writing a schedule. Yeah, I think I think there might be a few invites that pop up. Like, do you think Nuttycomb mm -hmm. will happen? Maybe like maybe. Yeah, I I just I wonder what I the know. weather if they're gonna want to do yeah, it. That's true. But if anybody's gonna do it under the meet, I would think it would be Oak State, and yeah. they'd say let's get another opportunity. Let's get I don't know. Maybe you could do it. Maybe I, I don't know. Because but then you want a bunch of teams to go, and then that's that's sort of tough logistically to figure it out. But um, what what were you saying before about you were talking to people about something? Sounds so like yeah, I was talking. To, take. We were we're yeah we were talking about the elephant in the room which is indoors and mm. like like i was making a joke like what if what if nau they know they're gonna get picked right so they know they're gonna qualify for the meet and they yeah. have so much depth and they all get to do an extra year of eligibility right like luis corhalva is a senior but he gets to run in next year as well in cross so Hey, why not go all in on indoors? It's gonna be a weaker well, field on the distance races. But doesn't this year count? This year wouldn't count even in March for like if you run in the no. NCAA cross country championships. That doesn't burn your cross country eligibility. Nope, doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone, everyone, all the fall athletes get another year, and all the winter athletes all get right. another year. 
Anyway, so, so what you if, just said go all in on indoors, and that's when I shut my ears off. So go ahead. No, but like think about it. You go all in on indoors, um, and then you you run like your B team, maybe a B plus team at cross, and like just be like, both. hey. I think but like, both. if you're Luis Grijalva, would you? I guess yeah. would you rather be super fresh for for cross country ten k? Do a 5K, 10K double or do a 5K, 3K double? And score 20 I do the points 5K, and maybe win. I do the 5K, 10K double and win the team title. I don't understand why. Why can we do 5K, because 10K doubles on the track when there's one yeah. day apart? But then the idea of doing it with track and cross country is blasphemy. I don't understand what's the difference. Well, the difference here is that NAU might be able to win the indoor championship if they choose to run Luis Grijalva in the 3K instead of, you know. Wait, wait, wait. How is that going to happen? Is Jordy Beamish got secret. Jordy Beamish has secret eligibility. I don't know about. How, how you know how it's going to happen? A lot of. Yaren uh, Nagus is going to be like, hey, yeah, we're not doing indoors. We're focusing on cross. Oh, there's another person that's not running the 3K. You know, there's going to be a weaker field in the 3K mile and 5K that the whole idea, NAU was about to win it in a deep field. Now they could have even a better shot at winning it in a, a well, lighter they field. They had more people last year, though. They have a lot of people still this year. Who's their miler? Theo, Quacks, 357 guy. I mean, All right, no disrespect who, to Theo Quacks. He's not miler? Jordy Beamish. He's not Jordy Yeah, but Beamish. no disrespect. Wow. Who, who, all right, so let's look at the who's the top. Your calculations the last year, your, your calculations last year were predicated on NAU getting a lot of tens and eights out of these races, and Beamish is in that range because he'd won it before. But some of these other guys are not going to get ten points. Okay, Joe Kleck. Let's look at the top milers. Joe Klecker gone. Charlie Hunter of Oregon is he gone? Maybe I don't know. Cooper Tier, he's not going to do the mile. <laughs> yeah. Yair Nagus, he's not going to do the mile. Alvahor is gone. Carlos Villarreal is gone. Jordy Beamish is gone. Kirian Tuntavid is gone. James West is probably gone. So you have Walid Suleiman, Ryan Adams, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sam Ellis, George Kush, and Theo. Like, I think Theo Quacks Don't can be beat Walid Suleiman. And Suleiman's probably going to go all in on cross. Like, all these guys are going to go all in on cross. Like, it's really just going to be George Kush. Versus Theo Quacks. You're right, because the, the descending you. order list from the year before never changes. That's right. There'll be no I know, other. That's you know what I'm the, trying to say. A 357 mile will be fast enough. I know what you're trying to say. They're a cross-country school. They should win cross-country. But in the case of someone like Grijalva, if he's in a position to win an indoor title, he should try to do both because I think he could do both. And it's a weird year, and he should go for it. But the other people – are outside the top 16 or maybe they're the 16th guy. Like if you had a situation where didn't Ryan Raff make it in the final spot last year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So someone yeah. like him, maybe I'd scratch him out of indoors. Cause I would say, Hey, you're a long shot to score points. So we're going to keep you fresh and go for the cross country title. And we need you as an important cross country piece. Someone like Grijalva, I don't think you can take championship opportunities off the board from people. Just says if you can double, you should double, and I think that's what he'll would, do, and that's what most people. If you're Corhalva, would you do a five k, ten k, or would you do three k, ten k? Uh depends. So is the schedule the same? Are we pretending the schedule's the same? 
Yeah, so 5Ks on Friday, 3Ks on Saturday. And then cross countries on, on Monday. Monday. Uh, I would probably do the 3K, get myself an extra day if everything else is even. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty pretty well, good in the 3K. Or sorry, 5K. Well, 3K, 5K would be sorry. one less day. You yeah, would do 5K, 5K with one extra day? Yeah. So then who's going to run the 3K? Day. That's what I'm saying. For NAU? I don't have any use roster. No, for anyone. I don't know. How many people who are who will run a will care will if you just said, Oh yeah, he'll just like Connor Mance, I'm not gonna do a three K, I'll do the five K. If all the cross country guys are like, we'll do a five K, ten K double, the three K all of a sudden is gonna be super watered down, right? Don't you think that will happen? This is me guessing. I'm not a coach. I mean they'll be yeah. I mean the I, Iowa State Mr. Bangura will do something. Rodriguez will do something. The Arkansas guys that you're speaking so highly of will get in there. They'll be – Oregon will have – they're always well represented in the 3,000. I think they'll have a couple guys in there. Washington will have people. I don't – But, like, will Cooper Tier – will Cooper Tier do the 3K? He'll be like, oh, no, I, I want to try to do well I in think, cross country, right? No, I think based on what Robert Johnson is saying, they're going to put emphasis on indoors. I think they are going to go – heavy on indoors and whatever's left they'll send to, to cross country. It's just not that many people that it impacts because how many people are really in contention for a national title? It's not that big, but I just think it's weird that people are saying you, this can't be done when they're what 90 minutes apart. These two cities, it's not like they're flying across the country. Yeah. It's, it's pretty straightforward. And you're saying if it's a Friday 5k and then Saturday Sunday off and then Monday that's even that's an extra day from what they get in in track why not yeah why not do it I don't, do you I'm think though it's going to be like when we look at the, the cross country results and we like say Connor Mance gets ninth he has a bad day at cross country and gets ninth yeah. but he ran the 5k and finished second in indoors right do you think yeah. we're going to have the interview like, yeah, maybe I probably shouldn't have ran that 5K. Maybe I wouldn't have finished ninth here. I would have finished better in the cross-country race if I didn't have that 5K in my legs. Like, is all the athletes who are doubling just going to have like – But the, do they I'm say that in track? Excuse? I don't hear that much in track. They don't say that in track, but I think it's because like – But has there ever been a cross-country race that you're not fresh for? Right, like that's the correct. Yes, that's the yes, that's that's the thing is these cross country races need a three week runway to prepare for, according to uh, every college coach, and you can't race a lot. Whereas in track, it's like, oh, yep, did the steeple twenty minutes ago. Let's put her in the five k. She's good to go. We need we need the team points. Let her rip. Let's do it. I don't. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. That's part of the game. That's part of the strategy. That's why it's. It's fun to figure it out. And you can second guess if you want to, or you can look at it as, hey, I maximize my my opportunities. Mance said something to you that was pretty revealing. He said he always does better in his second race anyway. So he'll look at it probably as an advantage. You probably didn't hear yeah. that because he had his T-shirt wrapped around his face in what was the worst Sorry, attempt uh, of a mask of the weekend. That was just amazing. Amazing work by Connor Mance. Lincoln actually sent it to me. He didn't send it to you. He'll have to put it in the group chat. He photoshopped a cowboy hat. On Mance's head with the shirt, so he looked like he was about to uh, go go uh, to the saloon and, and yeah, and engage in a duel at high noon or something. Uh, women's race took the duel meet literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's good. Women's race. Whitney Orton got the win. BYU rolled. Not really much competition. 
uh, for them. And apparently they took a long time to cool down the top two women, Orton and Rowe, yes. according to your reporting. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, Taylor Summers ran in the race, but isn't 100% healthy. And also Molly Bourne mm -hmm. isn't going to be back because we're like Taylor Rowe. That's not the, one of the two that top 20 last year across. Yeah. Uh, I think Bournes is coming off an injury. So is Summers. So mm -hmm. if Summers and Bourne can get back to their normal self, like All-American self, now you yeah. add in Taylor Rowe, that's going to be a really good one, two, three punch um, for Oklahoma State in March, If again, if we have the meet. Uh, mm -hmm. I was impressed with Rowe did. I remember talking to her in an interview. I asked her if she felt out of her element. She says, yeah, at moments I was like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> this isn't like I'm running neck and neck with Whitney Orton, like a 840-something 3K runner. So uh, that was interesting to see her. She just like put herself in it, didn't let herself feel like she was not allowed to be there. Um, she held her own for as long as possible, but obviously Whitney Orton, who is the, what you could say, second best cross-country runner in the nation right now behind Kaladi. Yeah. She, yep. you know, it made sense for her to just win it in the end. Did you see resemblance in Orton and Luis Grijalva from the men's race and how they handled it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Whitney went a little sooner. She broke mm. row a little sooner in the race, like maybe one k out. Grijalva literally. Never made any move. Like it was Isai mm -hmm. making a move, and then it was Mance making the move, and mm -hmm. Grohalvo was like, "I'm not making a move until I see the finish line." So, mm -hmm. uh, so that was the only difference. I, Orton made a move earlier than what Grohalvo did. So, yeah, it was big though. She put 11 seconds on her in yeah. that last stretch. That was uh, it went from being competitive. If you didn't know the result ahead of time, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna go down to the wire," and then it was over before. Yeah, over before you knew it. Yeah, good run for for BYU. They went what, one four. Let's see, one sorry, one three five six seven. So really, not much, not much competition. Yeah. The NAU uh, women were supposed to be there, but they got they? positive. They got a positive COVID oh, test, okay. so they couldn't go. Gotcha. But it turned out it was gotcha. a fake positive. The old Nick but Saban. Due to, um, but due to like bureaucratic like technicality, they weren't able to go. So they probably would have gotten second, right? Southern yeah. Utah ends up getting second with sixty-two. I think NAU would have been in there. Um, but that's that was my point last week when I said you got to take this meet somewhat seriously if it's used for qualification purposes because you never know when something like that's going to happen where they can't race. On the men's side, I think NAU, BYU, and Oklahoma State are obviously now safe, and the BYU women are obviously we've seen enough based on what they've done um, that I think they could, they pretty much just need to throw something out there in January and February and they would be fine. Do, Have you got, do you, did think you get a sense talking to the coaches about the qualification process? Did you get any more insight on that? Uh, no, didn't really ask about that. You're still not on the committee. Not on the committee, but think about this Southern Utah beat the unattached Colorado guys. So, mm -hmm. You have a feeling that the committee is going to send Colorado to the Nationals, right? So then Southern Utah is yeah. like, if you're sending Colorado, you have to send us. We beat them straight up. Again, Colorado didn't run yeah. two of their guys, but you know, there's going to be a lot of like, what's that? Who did Colorado not run? Oh, because Sean Harrison and 
and was there somebody? It's, Jones, it's hard to tell. Who's a Mississippi okay, gotcha. State transfer? Uh, yeah, because they're mixing in guys who don't have eligibility anymore. They're just trying yeah, to make yeah. it confusing. Yeah. yeah, first of all, um, yeah. But uh, the whole selection is gonna be weird, especially if we don't have regular season meets. Like, mm-hmm. are we just gonna go off of? Like, we're, all right, Pac-12 is good, so let's send a top four teams there from there or something. Like, there's just going to be a lot of teams who are going to complain and be like, hey, we're – or are they going to, like, look at, like, aggregate indoor track times? Like, hey, let's take your 5K average mm-hmm. from indoor or something like that. Like, it be interesting how they I'm decide. S- I'm, I'm interested, too, in the teams that are doing their conference championship this fall and they're not going to do a second one. They're going to be forgotten about a bit. <laughs> hey, yeah. back in October, we won the ACC. Oh, oh, yep, definitely. You're on. You're in. You're definitely in. <laughs> but you talk about putting money in the bank early on. I think it's going to end up working itself out. I think the problem – they're going to pick the first eight to ten teams real easily because those teams are really going to demonstrate how good they are. And then it's going to be tough trying to separate those 20 one remaining teams, but you mentioned that that's sort of the case every year. You could throw a blanket over that that group. Yeah. Yeah, and also we were talking about to, just to bring up indoor a bit. I was here. I'm hearing, like, how mm. are they going to? How do you think they're going to do? And so are there boring? are, uh, yeah, a little bit of a uh, sources say. Okay. That like. um that in order to do indoor track, they're going to have to do a bubble system. So like okay. the American Conference, they have one indoor track, Houston. They, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing that they might think about doing a three-week bubble where like or three-weekend bubble where they do – I'm not sure how many teams are in the conference, what there are, 11 or 12 teams in the conference. Say there's 12, I think. They would do like – Three days in a row of of three different quad meets. So you have a quad meet, quad meet, quad meet, and they're able to then all come that same weekend and social distance by having not a lot of kids in the the Houston at the Houston mm-hmm. track, and then do that again two weeks later, again two weeks later. And I think that conferences are going to be trying to do this. Like they're going to be like, hey, we can't do the the days of. 5,000 people at the BU invite. We need to come up yeah. with a strategy within the conference to have basically bubble track and field. Like, I think bubble track and field is going to be a thing. American Conference is looking to do it. I'm sure other conferences are going to follow suit. Um, and it's all going to be run by conferences that have indoor tracks. I was talking to NAU. I was talking to Mike Smith. The, the NAU track isn't going to be there because football is going to have it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the other there's another Idaho State won't have theirs because of football. They're only gonna have one indoor track in the Big Sky Conference, which will be Montana State. So there's just mm-hmm. gonna be the situation where it's gonna be a a rush for finding your bubble and then closing the doors mm-hmm. and not letting anyone else in. So Houston will, hey, we're only letting American Conference teams in. You know, SEC will probably do it. ACC will probably do it. So it'll be interesting. It's like, like a bubble chairs. Yeah. Do you think a bubble indoor track will be the thing? Do you think I'll work? It seems to be the best of all the bad options available because conferences are already setting these protocols for regular team sports. 
So I could totally see where an administrator would say, wait, we're in the Big 12. Why do you want to fly to UW and Boston to run in these meets? Like we don't know what their conference's policies are. Just compete with your compete with your conference. Um for sprints and for field events where you're not as concerned with the field size, yeah, pacing and all that stuff. I think it I think it could work and it might be the best way to do it. And at least it provides equity throughout the conference. You can't get equity throughout the nation, but at least you could say, hey, in our conference, we put on, we had three or four opportunities for these athletes to compete. And if they get a top 16 time, they're going to go to the in- indoor championships. I'm just wondering how the indoor championships would work, though. <laughs> like, this is all to get to the indoor meet. But how is that going to work given the restrictions? I guess we'd have to look at the state and local regulations. But this is all well and good, but what where where they're going to is that possible? Or is like indoor track, the NCAA championship is going to be spread out over a week. Today is 100 meter day or 60 meter day, and then tomorrow we're on the 200. Um, because how quickly do you? I mean, say just say the the max capacity is like 100. How quickly do you get to 100 at a track meet with team small of the country? That's so such a small group unless you're having them wait outside in the uh, in, in the cold or something until they compete. I mean, that everybody has the trainer, everybody has the SID, everybody has the assistant coach. It's a lot to work out. It's a lot to work out. But I think that's at least what you're talking about with conference or the American conference is at least makes sense from a regular season standpoint. Now, would they like, would they test and everything like that? Is that the, the other idea? Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing they bring all this. Yeah. They test and they just make it a three day weekend where three mm-hmm. individual meets, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of these schools have a lot of easy rapid testing. I think it's for most schools, it's yeah. like 10 to 20 bucks a pop. So it's not that expensive, but yeah. yeah. It would be a return to the olden days of track and field with quads. dual meets. Yeah. And every, uh, there's a lot of people who are clamoring for quads. I don't think that they thought this would be the way that we would get duels and quads, but you could have a bunch of head to head competition here's the other part though because i just mentioned right this is going to be field events sprints they can run a fast 60 doesn't matter who's out there you you could qualify you know you may not run the fastest 60 of your life but if you're an elite sprinter you could run a qualifying time 60. it's harder for the distance races obviously but it's going to force them to to go hard and you if this happens and you're going to see people in these dual and quad meets racing as if it is Peyton Jordan and yeah. maybe they get team teammates to help pace them or maybe they just say, hey, we're just going to go. We got to go hard from the gun in this 5K. I don't know who's going to end up pacing it, but I'm trying to get to nationals here. We're not going to run a 15 flat. It's a waste of time. Like, let's go. So it's going to just – it's going to get uh, very interesting and it's going to kind of boil track down to its core here, get rid of all the frills, all the bells and whistles, and it's just going to be – people going going hard from the gun so it it could could have that impact as well too yeah and i think because of it's not gonna be the normal way of qualifying to top 16 i do think mm-hmm. that the i don't i think the cutoff mark for the 16th and the dis, i think the sprint events will still be the same but a cutoff mark for mm-hmm. the dmr the mile the 3k even in the 800 and the 5k is going to be much slower this year 
than it was than it is in previous years. Sure, sure. And I think yeah. if you're able to find a way to normalize your qualification in a year where the cutoff is slower, you're going to be able to get more teammates in. Like, yeah, where like that's where I think if you if you have the ability, like what's typically the cutoff in a three k seven fifty seven fifty one. Or it was, it's like well, I mean, it was really fast last year, right? Yeah, it was yeah really fast but it's like in a 750 to 752. I bet you the cutoff mm -hmm. in a 3K this year will be like 755. Yeah. And think about if you have someone who can run 754, you're like, all right, let's find a way to get in, right? I think that the yeah. 5K is normally like 1340. I think the 5K is probably going to be 1350. I just think yeah. that people but it's are gonna going be to – It's going gonna, it's gonna to be harder to run those times. That's so, true. So it's going to be it's going to be like an altitude adjustment almost. It's going to be a bad schedule adjustment where a 1350 yeah. in 2021 would have been like a 1340 in any other year because you're not running at BYU or BBU, you're not running at UW. Um but if you think about it though, version. there are certain schools who will be able to make their season normal based off of money yeah. and Pay, like having teammates that are good pacers like yeah if you're yeah, yeah. it's like it's gonna be hard for like someone like alex Masai of hofstra to take a spot mm -hmm. in the top 16 right because he's a 13 13 29 guy whatever but he only gets in that meet because he's able to join a train of everyone else right and so all those like individuals who take those one spots those are all gonna yeah. be open slots where the the Oregon's, the Arkansas's, maybe even the NAU's or BYU's are able to get that one extra guy in because the random kid from Hofstra, like I said, or random kid from South Dakota State or whatever aren't going to make the meet because they're not going to have the luxury of yeah. awesome paced races. But where's Oregon going to go? Oregon's going to go up to UW and run there? Is their facility going to be available with all the other sports that are going on to Ooh. host a whole what bunch if of meets? What if this is Powell's way of being like, hmm, who, who's the captain now, right? He's going to be like, oh, you guys want to go to nationals, huh? Oh, you may, maybe you should have given me a bigger raise at Oregon, and now I want to be here holding the only track you have access to hostage. You know? He's going to be like, let me look to see if there's, there's space. Nope, we're all no. filled. Sorry. All filled. Just, Six feet social distancing. See, we take it serious here. We do eight feet of social distancing. So therefore, we have to take one less team, and that team is you. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But, like, it could be a strategy. Like, Washington could be like, hey, we could get more guys in the meet if we use COVID yeah, yeah, as a cover to not let the Oregons and Stanfords get qualifiers. The Big like, Ten. Like the Big Ten's like SEC's doing that. SEC is totally going to do that. They're going to not let anyone go to Arkansas or, or College Station. Like they're going to be. That's why American Conference is going to do what they have to do because they're going to be like, no, we're not going to let Houston in to try to take spots from Florida and A and M mm -hmm. and Arkansas. Like it's going to be a doggy dog world of like trying to get access into meets, and they're all just going to use COVID as their shield of their gamemanship of like, oh no, it's. We just we can't let you in because of COVID, when really we don't want you in because we'll get an extra spot at nationals if we don't let you in. You know, that's what yeah. But where it's gonna, but where it's gonna get tricky is if is is your main rival in your conference or is somebody you want to keep out in your conference because then you're gonna get pressure from the top 
because the ADs and the presidents are just say, hey, let's have a conference only schedule. So let's make sure all these opportunities are equitable. But the idea, yeah, the idea that, you know, a Big 12 school, I mean, they got to be calling up Texas Tech right now if you're in the Big 12 and saying, hey, we're over here. We'd love to come to your meet. We'll do whatever you need. We'll help clean the facility afterwards. Same thing with the SEC schools. Big T- Big Ten, I mean, Big Ten's got what? Michigan, Iowa's got a, a facility. I mean, they've the used Soda Spire State a couple facility? times. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a couple in there. But Pac-12, you got you – don't, you don't got it. You have nothing in, in Oregon. You have UW. Well, Pac-12 Bay doesn't Area. even have – Pac-12 doesn't even have an, a conference. Like they don't sponsor anything. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe that makes them are free agents at that point. They're free agents. Maybe they can I go mean, wherever they want. Run it in Boulder, get that altitude conversion. I don't know. That seems really hard. That seems really difficult to, to pull off. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Lots to think about, lots to talk about. Lincoln and I will be back tomorrow because I know you guys were thinking, hey, why didn't they talk about the world half? Well, we're saving Lincoln for that because last week he talked about Joshua Chupta guy. He's blown away the field. And it turns out Joshua Chupta guy didn't meddle. So I wanted to wait yeah. until he came so, on so he'd be held so, accountable. So what happens when you don't that's what happens when you don't have wave like technology. You you just finish right. outside of top three. <laughs> the lights, no lights confused him. Um, but he did get the he did get the Oklahoma State pick correctly. So props to him for that. Thank you to Alon for producing. Thank you to Gordon who went through hell to come back to do this podcast with all that first information for Stillwater. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.